Thanks for listening to the Habits and Hustle podcast made possible by your friends at Trinayogen. So I've been a huge fan of Trinayogen for years, and that's why I am so excited to be partnered with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it and think if you're going to take any supplement, this is the one. And here's why, with of course an added science lesson for you. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which supports energy production that starts in your cells. But the levels sadly decline up to 50% between the ages of 40 and 60. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide riboside, or otherwise known as NR. The most efficient, proven, and safe way to get this is with Trunagen because it is the best NAD precursor. Trunagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can damage our cells like overeating, drinking, and staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I knew about this in my early 30s. It would have been a game changer. What's most amazing is that True Niagen is backed by over 200 published scientific studies and is researched by the world's top scientific institutions. So go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off all orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20 until December 31st, 2022. So definitely run, don't walk, to scoop some up today. Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. All right, today on Habits and Hustle, we have two young guys. One of them is Harry Gestetner, and the other one is Simon Pompan, who were basically, not basically, who are kids who, after only a few days out of high school, decided to start a company called Fanfix and have gone on to sell it for tens of millions of dollars. Uh, and the kids are barely 21, 22 years old, which I thought is, for me, why I wanted to have them on the podcast was their story and what they did and how they did it is nothing if not hustle and entrepreneurship at its finest at such a young age. See, you, you could be any age. It doesn't matter. Uh, what I love about this is um, Fanfix is basically a clean only fans. It's a content platform where content creators create content on this platform um, and monetize it. And it's kind of like a Patreon as well. And like I said, they have now thousands upon thousands of the top influencers, content creators on their platform. And they're just like, killing it. And like I said, they sold the platform to a beauty company for tens of millions of dollars at the ripe old age of 21. So let's hear their story. And those of you who thinking that you're too young or too old, age is just a number. Enjoy. This is an extra special podcast today because I have the youngest ever entrepreneurs I've had on the show before. And, uh, also near and dear to my heart, the the one of them is a, the oldest child of my dearest friend. So it's Harry Gestetner and Simon. Simon, what is your last name? Pompan. Pompan. Simon Pompan. Simon Pompan, who I just found out is like his mom is like a huge Hollywood baller. I had no idea, but I just learned something new today. 
And these guys, I have to say, they, they started a company two years ago, but really launched it 10 months ago called Fanfix and already sold it for tens of millions of dollars in like 10 months. It is unbelievable. It's a great story. I am so thrilled to have you guys on the podcast and I'm so happy for you, Harry. Thank you very much. We're thrilled, thrilled to be here. Thanks for having us. Absol- a very esteemed background. Absolutely. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I, don't even, I want to say I am just your mother, your mother's thrilled that you're here. I've Thank gotten you. a bunch of like messages from her. Yeah. This yeah. is a big deal. Now you are, okay, so you're 22, but you just turned 22. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about a month ago. Yeah, 21 when we sold the company. Right, 21 yeah. when you sold the company. And how old are you, Simon? I just turned 23. So oh, uh, I'm the one who looks after this one. Yeah, <laughs> you babysit him? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, did you, you guys went to high school together, right? We did. Yeah, yeah so yeah. We, uh, we both went to Harbor Westlake together. Harry moved from London and we have been mm-hmm. uh, good friends ever since. Um, and yeah. Well, it's interesting because you've been here, your family's been in uh, the U.S. for what, six years? Seven years Seven now. years Crazy. now? Yeah, yeah. What a good move this has been for you, huh? I know, it's been, been very fortunate. Yeah, it's funny, it feels like a lot shorter, but it also feels like forever. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> because it's, you've moved in a really weird time for kids, right? Yeah. Or for teenagers, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the hardest time to like, move yeah. from... Where, what you know, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, I was very lucky because I was 15, so uh, and sophomore year of high school, and I think that's the perfect age because oh, I was old perfect. enough to where, I was old enough to where I feel properly English, you know, I had a solid- Properly English? S- properly English. He gets to retain his accent. <laughs> yeah, got, got the accent, you know, got solid friends in, uh, back in the UK, but mm-hmm. also, you know, had a good amount of time to make friends. I think if you have less than three years at high school, it's kind of tough to make friends. So um, I just the perfect amount to make great friends here and also have good background in the UK. Right. So then you guys, you guys met the first, I guess, the first year that you were here, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, Simon was cheating off me in my uh, math class. Is that what happened? I'm joking, I'm no, joking. no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't expose me. <laughs> don't expose me. <laughs> he would never cheat off me. He's too smart never cheat to do that. I know. I, listen, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have good grades? I don't even know. No. Really? <laughs> what great. kind of marks did you have? Like we call it marks. I'm Canadians. So we call it marks. I right? mean, uh, personally, I was a very, very average student. Uh, average average to below average. But So what was your like average mark i mean my first semester in the u.s i had a two three gpa yeah harry uh, <laughs> harry struggled with uh history class yeah the u.s history class oh, is actually tough of course yeah but my my dean i i did pick it up a, a lot from from two three thankfully but my dean sat me down with my parents uh first semester and said it's not it's not where he's going to college it's if he's going to college <laughs> and my parents went crazy and make sure I knew that I had to turn it around. Get so, out. So I did, yeah. Well, this goes to show you, by the way, I'm a big, I, I talk about this a lot, like all the time, that, you know, being academically smart is just one type of smart. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. way more, I personally think it's way more important to have street smart and emotional intelligence and have being bold is my big message, right? And going after things, you know, yeah. I mean, and asking for what you want. Schools, like a lot of times I meet people who are just academic geniuses and total dolts in real life and mm-hmm. like don't make anything of themselves, right? And then you meet Thank people you. who drop out and at 14 and they're, you know, living like the high life, right? So it's good to have, it's a good to have both. Yeah. I don't want to say, I mean, I'm saying it's good to have both, but does it necessarily, does it, make, does it mean that you're, if you're, if you're a bad student, obviously, that mm-hmm. it's going to like, it's going to basically tell you your future. Totally. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of the times, you know, six, 
a lot of successful entrepreneurs weren't successful students growing a up. A lot of times. And, a lot and of the, times. the translation really isn't there from, you know, getting good grades in high school to, um, you know, being a world-class problem solver and and being a successful entrepreneur. Absolutely yeah. not. Wait, how, what, kind of, what, what kind of grades did you have? A plus. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was a little bit higher than Harry. I was. Uh, well, he dropped out, so it doesn't count. <laughs> oh, you yeah, okay, wait, so, wait, what kind of what kind of grades did you have? So in high school, I was uh, like three, three, five. Okay. And um, by the way, we should say Harvard Westlake, where they went to school, is very difficult for people who don't live like it's, yeah. a, it's a private school. Um, and they, it's known to be like the, the curriculum and the work workloads like higher than probably 99% of the schools, yeah. right? And by yeah. the way, we had an amazing time there. Made, you know, oh, made I'm sure. Awesome friends. Obviously, we met. Um, fanfics wouldn't have happened if we hadn't met. Well, that 100%. We're going to get yeah, all to totally. the fanfics, but I yeah. want to know about. So, wait. So, tell me, just finish about your school then. Your Yeah. So, I, I was an athlete in high school. Uh, I played basketball and lacrosse at Harvard Westlake. Uh, so I was on a little bit of a different track than Harry. Um, you know, at Harvard West, like they treat sports like jobs, I would say a lot of the times, especially with basketball, baseball, um, you know, they're, they're core sports. Um, so I do have a state championship at Harvard West Lake and nice. very uh, competitive basketball there. Um, but struggling, you know, it's always a struggle to balance sports, school, especially at Harvard West Lake and making friends and being social, but uh, was able to, to figure it out along the way. Right, so then, you got, did you guys become fast friends though when you moved here? Yeah, pretty quickly, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, by the way, were you always, did you always have like an entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah, my first business, uh, I was 11. Um, and it was, it was a company called Legionary Clothing, uh, it was a What's clothing, it called? Legionary clothing. Okay. Not is called, was called, definitely not around anymore. Okay. Uh, but it was a clothing company. And I remember I had a, um, I was dealing with this, uh, this, I can't remember, wholesaler or whatever it was over email. And then um, I got on the phone after, you know, months of talking over email and they heard my like, pre-pubescent uh, <laughs> 11 year old boy voice. You were literally 11? <laughs> I was a kid. Wow. And that was that. Um, but yeah, I had like probably 10 businesses now. So what did you, okay, what, 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 like, what did you do for the business? What happened? You had uh, to finish what you were going to say. That one, I mean, that one failed. Uh, not uh, lost at 11, like, really? Like most of yeah, them. Like most but of what, them. Was the pre- what was the premise of the business? Just- um, it, I mean, it was just a clothing, clothing brand. Uh, but then I had, few others i had a um like a, a storage facility company but the storage facility was my get my parents garage um but that didn't work because i wasn't on my own schedule so when the <laughs> company wanted we had this local scuba shop we talked to and if they wanted their stuff over christmas and i was on holiday with my parents i couldn't deliver it yeah so, uh, that'd be a problem yeah uh so that also failed um but yeah that had kind of a ton so you always had these ideas and yeah. then you try to kind of execute because you're, you know, your parents are entrepreneurial. Your dad's mm-hmm. like super entrepreneurial. Yep. Did he help you with these ideas back a ton. then? Yeah, yeah, a ton. Definitely. Definitely. They're very supportive. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah, yeah. So then were you also Simon that way or? Uh, I, w- I was always interested in entrepreneurship. I was very busy with uh, athletics growing up. Right. So um, it, was, it kind of took a, ba- that wasn't like your thing, right? It was yeah. More like focusing so, on so I, I got really pulled into entrepreneurship, I would say in high school. So, um, Harvard Westlake had multiple classes centered around entrepreneurship, 
brainstorming ideas, walking you through, um, you know, setting up a proper business plan, uh, go to market strategy. And we would always have, um, you know, entrepreneurs, a lot of the times alumni from our high school uh, come in and speak to the class. So who were the biggest ones you guys remember having? I mean, the biggest, the biggest that we, that I dealt with um, was, uh, was not actually in a, in a great way. It was, I was trying to start a fund um, uh, for the school. My thesis was, if you look at the Harvard Westlake alumni, you know, they significantly outperform um, kind of any other data sets. And these so, are people like Spencer Raskoff, who founded uh, Hotwire and then went on to find Zillow um, and now Picasso. And there, there's a, you know, a multitude of different alumni nice. that we could point to. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear who they are. Uh, I mean, founder of Clutter, um, yeah. Brandon Beck, League of, League of Legends, t- ton, tons of uh, wow. Massive. Okay, but then so tried to start a fund, and then um, uh, I partnered with actually one of, who's one of our kind of closest advisors and investors, Ari Engelberg, who was the founder of Stamps.com, who was also a teacher at our school, um, amazing guy. And then we we're trying to start, and then it went to the hold board. on, hold on, you try to start a fund, yeah. This was like, wait, when, like how? High school, using, yeah. using the, the high school, school endowment. School endowment. Using the, okay, high school endowment. Okay, yeah. okay, for, okay. Um, for, you know, to back kind of students or alumni uh, to go and start businesses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would have, you know, they would have had fan fix, which, which would have been good for them. Uh, as well yeah. as a ton of other businesses. But it got to the board of trustees and uh, got shut down actually by Charlie Munger, uh, who's Warren Buffett's business partner. Um, and Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that was unfortunate. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then yeah. what? So then, then, then what happened? Because that never happened. Nothing. Um, or did something nothing. else come from it? Um, from starting, trying to start it at least. I had another business I started actually, uh, which was kind of connecting um, students, as in college student uh, businesses, with investors. Um, we helped one company pitch at South by Southwest, but apart from that, kind of didn't have a huge amount of success. But um, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of. So was you that. you were trying to connect call like um, funds with ideas from call like from from. Yeah, from so college students. Uh, there's a massive, you know, ton of massive businesses were founded by students. Absolutely, if um, USC has a program like that, it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. There, there there are a lot of student funds that have popped mm-hmm. up. Yeah, um, you know where students actually serve as the investors um, and network at their college campuses and. I think there's a big trend um, yeah, like with these larger VCs to try to attract more college students. Be- because that's smart though. There's mm-hmm. like so many great innovative ideas and disruptors yep. because in a different, like it's a different mindset, right? When yeah. you're young, you see things completely different. You have different ideas. Like even with fanfics, uh, you know, it's like it, the technology of what it is, like it's not, it's going to be started, I would think by someone of your, of yeah. your age group, totally. right? Yeah. Like you're not going to have some like me like think of that. Right. Yeah. So I find like it would be a, a smart move for those companies to do that. Right. Yeah. So okay. then walk. So basically then like walk us through like how this happened. So here you guys, you, your friends, you're like doing mostly sports, not really paying attention. You start all these little businesses at 11 and 12 and, you know, <laughs> storage units and clothing companies. And you try to do this thing where Charles, Charlie, what is he known by? Charlie? Charlie Munger. Charlie, Charlie Munger. Munger. Yeah. yeah. Says, you know, no. So how did this evolve into what you have now, which is, you know, now sold to, who do I sell it to, by the way? Super ordinary. Super ordinary. 
by the way, so super ordinary. Well, you tell us, like, who are they? And it's an interesting, it's an it's an interesting exit too, right? Because yeah. it's not by someone that you would normally think no. of to buy a technology or would you guys say like a tech company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like it's a beauty company. It's yeah. unusual. Yeah. The definitely. whole thing is very unusual. Mm -hmm. So start from the beginning. How did this whole thing come to be? So Who had the I, idea first. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll even get into how we got to starting Fanfix, and before that, we uh, started a charity called Feel Our Heroes. Okay. So as soon as college campuses closed for COVID, and all the students were sent home, mm -hmm. um, we were at home looking for things to do and. We saw- Where'd you oh, go to college, by I went way? to Vanderbilt. You went to Vanderbilt? So okay. I went to Vanderbilt. I ended up dropping out, so I still have one year left. No. Yes. Stop. Yes, yeah, <laughs> still got, I think, six credits left. So gonna try to finish that up at some point. Harry uh, found a way to, to graduate. Um, <laughs> Barely, no, I'm joking. While, while I was handling the company. Yeah, but exactly. I didn't do most of the work. So you went to Tulane. I went to Tulane, yeah, yeah, yeah graduated. I know yeah. that, I'm yeah. just telling everyone else. Okay, so go on. So you're like so, now at Vanderbilt. Did you come, so you came home? So we came yeah. home, schools got shut down, mm -hmm. uh, classes were canceled, we didn't know what to do. And we saw all of these college students who wanted to get involved in the fight against COVID, uh, raising money for healthcare heroes. So Harry and I, uh, with two of our friends from high school, started a charity called Fuel Our Heroes, uh, where we partnered with over 18 hospital networks nationwide and in Canada. And we mobilized local uh, community organizations, whether that's college students raising money uh, on their college campuses or high schoolers raising from their friends and family. Um, and we were able to raise over uh, just around $500,000 from five $10 donations from college students. So had uh, 140 student volunteers and uh, we're really in the nonprofit space. Um, throughout COVID and went on to advise the I'm a voter campaign, uh, youth voting rights, and and really became the experts in engaging Gen Z audiences. U.S. congressmen and vice yeah. congressmen. U.S. congressmen as well. Whose um, idea was that? Um, well, I mean, that was all collective, um, but we, I mean. But one person usually is like, kind of like is the catalyst for that, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, definitely. But we, we kind of like to, you know, yeah, yeah, we, we for, for for that 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 was that was a collective was, effort of all of us kind of sitting around and wanting to do that. something yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, it. Okay. we got back. You know, it was March twenty twenty, sophomore year of college. It's your absolute, you know, prime, uh, prime, prime time. And then you know, bam, COVID hits. You go from highest high to lowest low, and it was, I mean, pretty pretty miserable for us. But we were some of the luckiest people in the world. Mm -hmm. There were you know healthcare workers who were working 24 seven and then, you know, having to like come home and sleep in their garages cause they didn't want to go inside and infect their families. Yeah. Um, and you know, there were nurses having to kind of make their own PPE out of bed sheets and um, it was really horrendous. So we thought we're just sitting here doing nothing. We got to do something. And all these college students, um, they got time on their hands and you know, they, they also, so they can volunteer and they also, you know, want to, want to donate money. And, but I think the, 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 one of the coolest things that that showed us is the power of social media. So the, all these, you know, half a million bucks, you know, is, is amazing, but it'd be a lot less cool if it was, you know, 500K donation from one old rich guy. Um, you know, it's a lot cooler that it's five, $10 donations from college students. Mm -hmm. And 
that was all um, you know through social media. So we came up with these viral marketing challenges. We had one called the see a memory, send a memory challenge, uh, where we thought, okay, so kids are at home from college now. You know, we can get them to do maybe one post to fuel our heroes to you know to get a donation just from asking them, but they're not going to be too happy doing that, and right. they're not going to post it again and again and again. So what can we get them to repeatedly post? So um, you know, we figured everyone misses their their colleges. Everyone you know is is terrified at you know these weird times where they're in their bedroom alone and wishes they were out with their friends. So we did this challenge called see a memory, send a memory. So you post a, um, and tag five friends, donate $5. So you, you know, uh, kind of post a, a throwback, a memory of your time at college. Um, and you, uh, you know, tag five friends to challenge them to do the same and they donate $5 That's to fuel heroes. And that went completely viral. And, um, you know, it, was it did. Yeah. It was amazing. That's amazing. So then what happened? So then, I mean, you know, the charity grew went pretty, pretty crazy. And then eventually that wound down and we wanted to find, find something to do. And then around the same time, kind of end of 2020, my cousin had a TikTok video uh, go completely viral, blew up on TikTok. You know, you got tens of millions of views, woke up with tons of followers and couldn't make a single penny. And we were pretty shocked. What kind of video was it? Um, it was walking a, on water. Yeah, it was walking on water was like a magic trick. And then he did a couple of kind of magic tricks following that. But and how many views did it get? I think he got, I think tens of millions. Um, I can't, it's funny because we always used to joke like every, every, Every pitch we tell the story in, the number goes up like another few million views. <laughs> so I can't remember what the real number was. Right, like hundreds um, of millions. I think it ended up at like three billion. Yeah, right? exactly. Ten yeah. billion views. Right. Three I, billion yeah. impressions. I think it was like I. I think he. I want to say twenty million views. Um, wow. But so it's a lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Didn't didn't make a single penny though, and that shocked us. This is pr before the creator, the TikTok creator fund, but you know, nevertheless, the creator fund pays out two and a half cents per mm -hmm. thousand pays out nothing. Right. Um, so we thought, you know, there must, and meanwhile, we've seen somewhere. Who's we, you guys together thinking yeah. like, how are we gonna like- Harry and I. Yeah. 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 So, so we were actually sitting around a fire at Harry's house um, one night uh, about two years ago, right? Yeah. Not, not uh, 18, 18, eight, months eight, ago. 18 months ago, uh, sitting around a fire and we saw, um, you know, the rise of Patreon. Yeah. Um, and what, they were doing with membership communities with creators. Mm -hmm. And we saw that, you know, there are a lot of Gen Z creators out there that want to build a recurring revenue stream and want some stability in their life, as well as building uh, a membership community where they can engage with all their fans mm -hmm. uh, and really monetize their following in a new way mm -hmm. um, without requiring much time out of their day. Um, and there weren't really many options out there for Gen Z creators. On one hand, you have Patreon, which um, you know, is desktop first targets, um, a, you know, an older demographic than- Who does it target? More our parents. Our parents. Yeah. Like it's, me? It's, it's, it's <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Why? Uh, yeah, Give no, me the no. age bracket. Like it's, what's the- It's more, it's, it's, we, we see Patreon as akin to Facebook. Um, you know, it's a platform mm -hmm. that our parents would use. It's very difficult as a platform. I don't use Facebook. But um, yeah, no, no, of course. It's, <laughs> it's very difficult as a platform to, right. to win with every generation and every demographic. So, I mean, 
There's a reason why, you know, my generation's on TikTok and my parents' generation's on Facebook. Why is that? I mean, uh, you know, we don't want to be on Facebook because our parents are there. Right, our so parents... second you see you see your parents on there, yeah. you flee and go somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's parents... like Harry doesn't invite his parents to the, all the parties he throws. Yeah, right. no, Same no. Thing. <laughs> Always, they get the invite. But yeah, so we'd seen, so my cousin blew up and- How old's your cousin, by the way? Uh, he is 20. Okay. Um, and he blew up and, you know, around the same time we saw a statistic that 75% of Gen Z wants to be a creator when they when they grow up. Not doctors um, or lawyers. Creators, um, content creators. And we were absolutely shocked. So we thought, hold on a second. So oh, the, majority, the majority of our generation wants to be a creator, but even if they achieve the pinnacle of being a creator, which is what my cousin had, getting tens of millions of views, they're still not going to make a single penny that, you know, there's something's off there. So um, that's kind of what led us to, you know, get into space and, and see a gap in the market for fanfics. I mean, so wait, so I got so much to, to ask about that. <laughs> okay. So I'm still on the fact that, so if people now, old people, by the way, are on TikTok, yeah. like me, yeah, yeah. Um, but people like even much older than me. So, but they're still young young people on there are yep, they all totally. migrating off there now like slowly on, but surely on tiktok, TikTok? Yeah. no tiktok tiktok is really the uh you know the ideal discovery platform yeah on there. Like, so, i feel like it's, it's become a search engine like it is all. and if yeah. you look at gen z where they're actually searching online it's on tiktok it's yeah. not on google it's, it's not. not on i saw a whole thing Yahoo. on this today uh, you know when people search for products or product reviews whatever it is they're going on TikTok to, to make those searches. They're mm -hmm. going on, um, you know, Instagram to find those accounts. Um, they're not opening up Google and and searching for these products. So, what's the difference between Google, uh, not Google, sorry, Instagram and TikTok now? Do, do you find there's a different odd? Is TikTok still a little bit younger skewed, or is it much more of Definitely, a search engine? Yeah, I mean, TikTok's much younger skewed, um, and you know, TikTok's also. Um, the cool, the cool platform. Now, the, there were numbers that came out. You know, Instagram's trying to copy that with their reels. Yeah. Um, but there were numbers much success. that, yeah, it, you know, really, numbers came out. It's failing. Um, the majority. When did, those, when, when did that come out? A cut. I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, the the majority of reels get no views and no likes and comments. There's um, very little engagement on reels. And I can't. Yeah, really? I can't remember the exact statistic. I want to say over a third of reels are just reposted from TikTok. Um, so that's a, you know, if you're Instagram, you're seriously concerned about that. Um, but and then you look at what YouTube just announced today with YouTube shorts, mm -hmm. where they're actually splitting ad revenue uh, with the creators. Uh, so they're going to give, I believe it's 45% of ad revenue to the shorts creators, uh, which is really? a big step for, um, you know, short form content on YouTube. Totally. That's amazing. I mean, that's interesting. I do feel like people are relying their business on on social media, on like an like us like an Instagram, and mm. that's like a borrowed platform, right? Yeah. Any minute you can be banned. Look at oh, like yeah. so it's many terrifying. people. It's terrifying. very terrifying. Like yeah. you can be banned in a second for mm -hmm. if you don't agree or say something that's out of out of TikTok line. Too. With, and TikTok yep. and YouTube, by the mm -hmm. way. Yeah, All of and them. YouTube. And, and YouTube. we've actually oh, even seen terrifying. what's very interesting is we have seen a few startups pop up uh, who are offering insurance yeah. to creators. <laughs> Uh, in case their really? their TikToks get banned and they lose that revenue stream, or their Instagram get gets banned, so there are solutions out there where you actually will, you know, buy insurance for your social platform. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, 
Um, so, the, so before we get more into, and I, I'm, this is very curious to me. So like why TikTok then? Cause what, to your point, it's true. Yeah. Once people like on Facebook, once your parents show up, you, mm-hmm. you leave, right? That's yep. why Instagram yeah. happened. That's when people then they left TikTok. Why aren't people leaving TikTok to a different platform that's, uh, yeah. Happening. That's, well, so that so, will happen. That will that happen. Will happen. It just hasn't, that, it that hasn't just, it hasn't evolved to that. Yeah. Totally, the, the, totally. the cycle hasn't, hasn't yeah. made it there yet. But how, like yeah. there's also thrill, uh, no, Triller and all those other ones, yep. but they're not, they're failing, right? Yeah. Like, Triller, Triller has some issues right now in terms of lawsuits and creators not getting paid. Um, but what's very interesting with, I think, not just Gen Z creators, mm-hmm. but you're saying everyone's on TikTok now. Right is the power of that algorithm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, what we see amongst Gen Z creators and all different types of creators like yourself is they're using TikTok as that discovery platform mm-hmm. to really grow their audience yeah. uh, and reach new audiences. And then from there, it's how you convert your TikTok following across all your social channels. Mm-hmm. So how do you convert your TikTok onto Instagram? How do you get your community to follow you onto YouTube converting on right. long form content or onto Spotify converting hard, on a right? podcast mm-hmm. into Discord communities. So we're seeing- this, this, Explain that, because I've just been hearing a lot about that. Can you tell us what Discord is? Yeah, other, so, yeah. so Discord is essentially um, you know, a platform that allows people to build uh, group chats mm-hmm. and um, you know, be able to, um, I guess, tier those group chats. So it could handle much larger communities. So I guess, Think of Discord as uh, Slack, if you're familiar yeah, with like, Slack. Yeah, that's how but instead of it. for businesses, it's uh, you know for gamers or for um, NFT communities or right. um, friend groups. But what we're actually seeing with a lot of these platforms that were uh, created for that inner circle, your close friends and family, which mm-hmm. is Discord, even Snapchat, when you could just take a photo and send it to one or two people. Mm-hmm. Um, they are leaning completely into discovery now. They're kind of following TikTok's path of- um, What's discovery? What is that? Uh, you know, the algorithm, being able to grow your audience. Oh, finding, like finding people. Reach so, new oh, audiences. Yeah. Your, like that. Okay, yeah. that is another thing altogether. Yeah, and what's so, so cool, you know, what's incredible about TikTok and what's so cool about TikTok, they have completely democratized celebrities. So you can, you know, in, in, in the 90s, yeah, who are the true, celebrities? Actually. The celebrities are, you know, the, the very few movie stars mm-hmm. who got picked by the massive studios and then got represented by the massive agents and, you know, went through this whole process of, you know, these old men in suits who kind of mm-hmm. organized this person getting a massive deal to, to get the massive reach. And now they're famous. TikTok, you had people like my cousin who download an app in their bedroom in, you know, the middle of Iowa or wherever you are. You, you know, post a video on your phone and you wake up and you got more reach than, um, the, you know, the Timothy Chalamet or the, whoever the 100%. biggest movie star is. It's um, amazing, actually. Crazy. And the algorithm. Well, but isn't that, wasn't that also the case with Instagram? Isn't it the case with one Instagram? Point, it, it was democratized. I feel what's happened, though. Yeah. It, the to, to grow on Instagram has become incredibly difficult. Very mm-hmm. difficult. Um, and almost only, impossible, actually. And you're also yeah. only reaching... Every time you post, you're only reaching a small percentage of your audience. So small. You know that my mm-hmm. my close, close friends who I'm very close with, they tell me that they never see my stories. Yeah. Like yeah. it never comes up. My posts never yep. come up. My reels never come up. So like mm-hmm. the audience is like so small. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. feel like with TikTok, I started TikTok maybe what, five months ago maybe? Yep. Yeah. I had a few of my own videos got to a million, which was shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... 
I grew much faster. And then whenever I post, like I have two, I have two of a habits and hustle one. And yep. I also have my Jennifer one. And I've had like a bunch of videos, like not a, a yeah. like, you know what I mean? Within reason, like maybe 10 mm-hmm. that's hit over a million. Never would happen on Inst- on, on Instagram, Instagram. Totally. yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. So that that that's why everyone's going to TikTok right I now. Whether you're a brand, brands um, are. I mean, that's yeah. how brands are breaking in. Yep. Brands are like breaking it. Like if you're big on an Instagram, you're gonna like that's how BLK that you know mm-hmm. they broke they broke on on TikTok. Yeah. A girl that saw their videos was a buyer for Walmart. Wow. And, you know, that's how they got into Walmart. Amazing. But beyond that, they're like a cool, they're known to be like a super cool brand because all these young influencers are like drinking the black water and mm-hmm. da, 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 and it's become like a thing. And I feel like you don't have that cachet on Instagram yeah. or no. Facebook at all. And and look at like even the music industry. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where are the record labels spending money right now? Yeah. They're spending money on TikTok for, you know, their artists to get, to, to, for creators to use their artists' music to make TikToks. Um, music promotions are a massive thing in the management yeah. world, agency world, label world, and those all take place on TikTok. Yeah. And what's, what's so crazy about TikTok as well is, you know, that my, like, I'm 22, so I'm on that kind of upper cusp of Gen Z where mm-hmm. I'm, you know, young enough that I'm an insider, but also old enough to where, um, I, you know, kind of an outsider as well. You're, um, you're hardly an outsider. Yeah. What's, 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 the, what's the starting point for a, like it's that? It's eight to 24 is yeah. the age range. Oh, eight to 24. So I'm, I'm really right at the yeah. cusp. You Simon's are. A you're, like, you're, basically my, you're basically like a he's, dinosaur like me. So join yeah. me on he's Facebook. No, he, he doesn't remember the 90s like no. I do. You no. don't remember the 90s. No. Oh my God. I wasn't born. You were, you're a baby. You're Yeah, you're not even a 90s person, yeah. of course. But like, so then... So Patreon comes and we're like, that's how I want to like, so Patreon yeah. then yep. is a paid, paid subscription model where yep. people then were like, where, uh, creators or someone of influence or whatever, they can give so, private content or like, uh, like, yeah. yeah. So, so the two, so, the two big, the two big platforms in, you know, in the direct monetization space were Patreon and OnlyFans, OnlyFans being much bigger. Um, and it was pretty clear, you know, Patreon, it's a fan membership platform where you post paywalled content, same as FanFix, but it's for a much older demographic. It's, you know, as we said, like a parent, a, a platform our parents would use. It's akin to Facebook, um, more YouTube first. Um, and then it's, it's also more of a, it's more of a crowdfund for struggling artists, you yeah. know, being a patron, donating to donating. support that creator. That's um, how I view it. Yeah. yeah and it was exactly. created by Jack Conti who, uh, you know, built the platform essentially around his, himself and, and how much do they charge they charge uh eight to uh, kind of five to twelve point five percent but um as how a, much? oh no do, do you oh, mean the creator of, the creator oh, the creators your choose your price. own price so, so then because like when i know we say about like your parents age but like i mean there are a lot of young people like how would is yeah. the age ra- range for patreon we um like really i i, I think kind of it's you know, seen as kind of 30s to 50s. 30s um, to 50s, okay. But then, you know, on the other hand, you got OnlyFans, which OnlyFans is a porn site. Um, it is. It's like you know, basically. It yeah, is, is it, it's a porn I mean, site. Listen, you could say whatever you'd like. Yeah. It is. It's a porn Soft site. Soft porn, maybe. Do they have any restrictions? I mean, I thought for a while there they restricted. So, restricted. so yeah. They, they did for like a five they minutes. They tried yeah. for a brief second. They, 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 they tried to move out of that, that category uh, and more into the Patreon and, and our, our world. Uh, of brand friendly content, uh, but they got a lot of backlash from 
women communities, uh, from the creators on their platform who were monetizing yeah. through, you know, pornographic content. So OnlyFans allows, um, uh, you know, porn on their platform like as well, on, like, how full, like full on like porn. How, yeah. And then Patreon allows uh, nudity on their platform. They but do? They, yes, they yeah. do. You could create your page to be 18 plus on Patreon and you could post nude content uh, in all different types of nudity, but you can't, um, you can't go that as far as on, on OnlyFans. So FanFix is strictly family friendly, 13 plus, you know, the most PG um, exclusive pl content so platform. Family, so FanFix is family friendly, yep. 13 plus you yep. said? Yeah. And what was the other thing? Uh, the most family, fr uh, the, the most PG um, exclusive content platform, you know, on the internet. Um, and, uh, and we're TikTok first, mobile first and built by and for Gen Z, essentially. So is it kind of, also, I, it seems very, we didn't talk about Cameo. Isn't yeah. it similar to Cameo though no, too? Uh, not really. So Cameo um, is more, you know, I'm gonna buy a birthday video uh, for my wife yeah. and um, you know, I'm gonna find, find that B-list or C-list actor uh, on Cameo to create a uh, birthday video for my wife and then, um, that's pretty much it. Yep. And the yeah. payment frequency on Cameo very is very, very low. So people buy mm -hmm. maybe one Cameo a year. Um, if that. If that. And Cameo has tested other products like uh, fan clubs or um, they have like a NFT they launched um, called the Cameo Pass. But really, Cameo isn't one of our competitors. Um, no, no, no. But I thought the yeah. same type of idea. Same type like of idea. You can, in buy, you can spend money direct monetizing. Yeah, direct yeah. monetization. Direct monetization. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Same yeah. space. Yeah. Direct same monetization. Space. Yeah. And yeah. at the beginning, I thought they were doing really well. I don't know how they are, their yeah, numbers I, now. but I think not so hot recently. They you know had some big layoffs. But um, yeah. you know, I think the pay, it's, it's a tough business with very low uh, payment frequency. You do, you know, as Simon said, you do one purchase for, you know, your friend's birthday for a couple of hundred bucks and then you kind it's of don't go back. Yeah, yes. fan fixes, you know, our, our fans are, you know, back there every day supporting their favorite creators, constantly messaging, you know, paying to message their favorite creators, doing obviously monthly subscriptions. Um, but I mean, Cameo is awesome. We like, we support any business that supports yeah. creators. So a lot of the awesome creators business. on our platform also use, yeah. you know, Cameo. Um, but it's not, it hasn't become their main revenue stream. So mm -hmm. with Fanfix, we, with the creators we work with, we often become their main source of revenue. Wow, uh, really? And, and this is recurring revenue. So once a subscription is made, um, you know, and creators grow their subscriber base, they then renew those subscriptions the following month and continue to grow their subscriber base. So really what we want Fanfix to be is uh, a hub for creator monetization and we, always like to think about how can we allow creators to earn as passively as possible uh, because we understand they have busy lives. They're always creating content, yeah. uh, traveling, working, what, whatever it may be. Um, and we want to create passive income streams for them. So um, my, I guess my question would be, it's very, so basically it's very similar to a Patreon, but it, it caters to a younger audience. Yeah. And then how about in terms of the money? Like how much do people, like what's what's your price, like what do you, what's your cut that you give to people versus like, I'm just using Patreon because yeah. it's another example so of another direct cr monetization. Creators keep net net of fanfics fee, fanfic, fanfics fees 
and uh, and and um, payment processing fees creators keep eighty percent, and they charge. They set their own subscription price. We don't cap it. They charge whatever they want, um, and they also can set a price for fans to message them. Um, so we, you know, see prices as low as five bucks a uh, a subscription a month, or you know, three bucks a message, all the way up to fifty bucks a month for subscription and five hundred bucks a message. Um, so you know, there's really a big variety. Um, and but we, the one thing that we couldn't anticipate going into this, and that a lot of investors and, and people disagree with us on is how willing people, especially Gen Z, you know, was to support their favorite creators um, and to support them financially. We were completely shocked. Yeah, and, and also to pay for content. So that's mm-hmm. that's something we got pushed back on when we first started. Uh, we have seen a large shift into uh, now where Gen Z spends a ton of money on uh, Twitch live streams, for example, or Fortnite skins, for example. Yeah, so, that's big. You know, you see a lot of these high schoolers or elementary school mm-hmm. students taking their parents' credit card and spending thousands totally. of dollars on FIFA Ultimate Team or Madden Mobile or uh, Fortnite skins, mm-hmm. as I mentioned. And what we saw with Twitch was something that uh, really surprised us. So, um, you right, know, we haven't talked about Twitch at all yeah, or Snapchat. So, I wanted to. I thought Snapchat also was another one that's yeah. emerging as big again. Snapchat, yeah, Snapchat, and Twitch have emerged. Uh, you know, over the last, well, they've been big for quite some time, but over the last few months, they've really picked up with Gen Z creators. Why? Um, partially, Snapchat has offered uh, new monetization features for creators to earn mm. uh, consistent revenue with uh, uploading a ton of Snapchat stories and then oh. them embedding ads into those Snapchat stories and doing a rev share with the creators um, who, who are creating that content. Uh, but with Twitch, what's, what's very exciting uh, for us is how much these Twitch, streamers, these Twitch streamers are earning off tips alone. Um, you know, their fans are tipping them when really? they're playing, uh, you know, video games and streaming that or just streaming in their bedroom. Um, and there's no added benefit to tipping. You see thousands of dollars of tips going to creators really? through live streams. But if Harry tips uh, $1,000 and I tip $0, we have access to the same content. So there's really no added benefit there. So that's where you know fanfics could come in. Uh, really being a part of that creator's community, being able to engage with the, community, with the creator directly, uh, and also being able to support that creator. So why did you think initially that charging uh would be a problem if patreon was doing it and you were you were like people were already uh, like doing this so why did you think that you would have an issue the answer is we didn't um this was really investors and people who might not have understood gen z as well as they thought they did right because probably your investors were older but it's it's you know it's, it's definitely it's a valid concern in that um you know TikTok is obviously completely free. Um, Instagram's completely free. YouTube's completely content. free. And it's endless endless content at your fingertips yeah. for these, you know, Gen Z fans. Um, but our theory was with, you know, with, with content becoming just completely endless, yeah. you know, exclusive content and kind of behind the scenes stuff is all the more valuable. And so our theory was that they, that they would pay for content. Um, but, you know, a lot of investors and, and people disagree with us and said, you know, why the hell would you pay when you can go and see stuff for free? But, um, you know, we've definitely, definitely seen, we've been very, very surprised. We knew it was going to happen and, and people were willing, but we were shocked at just yeah. how willing they were. 
I wonder if it's because it's like people like want to be voyeurs, right? They yeah. want to know what's happening behind this, even though it's still content that people make, but it's like, it's like the fear of missing out, right? Yeah. Like, what am I missing? So yeah. you'll pay the extra like five, ten, twenty dollars yeah. a month. All right, the time has almost come. My book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, is hitting the shelves, launching, debuting on December the 27th. And I am so excited. I'm thrilled that I get to share this book with you guys. I, it took me two years to write it. And it really is a culmination of all the different tactics and traits that I used to build my life that I've used on tons of clients from the last 20 years, from athletes to entrepreneurs. And it's it's all about building your bold, you know, making boldness a skill that you can learn to really get what you want, chase what you want, and not just take what you can get. My entire philosophy is about living the life you want and not the life you get. And really, it's really about taking actionable steps that anybody can do and anybody can learn. Unfortunately, a lot of us get stuck in the self-doubt syndrome, right? And the fear of failure, which then holds us back from going after things or asking for things that really is much more aligned with who we are and the life we want to live. So that's why I'm so thrilled that I have this book now to share with people about helping people, teaching people how they can make these bold moves and become bolder and asking for what they want and finding the courage within them to live the life they want. Like I said, I'm so excited. It's on pre-order right now. You can pre-order it anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, and really start living true to who you are. And I can't wait to see your response once you get it. Thanks. Whose idea was it? Be honest. Again, we, we, we come up with things together. Yeah, Harry, Harry and I were uh, were sitting around a fire, as I mentioned. And then another and, uh, fire? Uh, <laughs> same yeah, fire? Same fire, actually. Same uh, fire? At, at, in Harry's backyard. Uh, and wow. that's, that's really our incubator. A couple of drinks. It's been a great incubator. Yeah. Having, having, having a couple, a couple of drinks. drinks um, and I'm not going to say who said it first. Who brought but, uh, it up first? You have to. Well I, well, I don't know. I mean, for people watching, well, no, we cracked the same joke at the same time outside. So we think we think the same. They do think the same. But who, who went? I have something to say. I have an idea first. Who said that? I think we. I, I think it was. It's not like a light bulb went off and an idea, you know, happened. It's like we the conversation. Or I think all these contributing factors. Think about of, this for hold on, before yeah. you before you start trying to wiggle yourself out of this question. <laughs> We'd be about, very like, good politicians. Yeah, think about yes, right? <laughs> or think or of, not so great. Ones. Not yeah. at all. Think about Facebook, right? Like it wasn't yeah. Mark Zuckerberg who had the actual idea. It was those other people. You don't even know their names. Uh, those yeah. two twins. Yeah. But it was Mark that actually like executed and yeah. made it what it was. So it doesn't really matter who the idea. Like ideas the, are cheap. The yeah, ideas are cheap. super cheap. Mm -hmm. It's like ninety nine percent is execution or perspiration yeah. inspiration to one yeah so i'm not going to hold you to like oh that means this i'm just curious so whose idea was it just say one or one or the other you didn't say I mean, it at the same time so i'll give so, i'll give simon full credit as a, as a gentleman um, yeah. but but i think but i i mean it, so it, let, know, let, it let's expand on that so uh harry we were at harry's house um harry we were talking about the recent news in the creator economy with uh, Patreon's earnings came out. 
Um, How would they fans, do it? And they they well, they well, paid well, out well. like at the time they were paying out like billions, they paid out like five billions, billion to yeah. creators. How much? Billions. They paid out five billion to no. creators. And how much did yeah. OnlyFans pay out at the time? Uh, also billions, billions. crazy amount. And yeah. there was really no Gen Z creators wow. um, making money on the platform. And at that time, I was living in a, a apartment building um, right in Century City, where a lot of the TikTokers were living. Uh, it was like so, a TikTok house. So it was. Uh, it was the 10,000 apartment building. Oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. They City. All live there. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> okay, I was going to say that's but, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, so there were a ton of TikTokers there, and we would see, uh, you know, Addison Ray walking down the street and, and so forth. And none of them were on Patreon. And they would never want to tarnish their brand reputation. Um, and they actually weren't even of the legal age to join OnlyFans at the time. Um, so. How old is she now? Addison Ray. Uh, 20, so 21, 21. 21 so she could have been on. Well, the D'Amelios also lived in that building. They, um, which who did? Oh, the, like Charlie was, yeah. you know, under oh, eight, under 18. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and, and they would never join, uh, an only, uh, platform like OnlyFans because, uh, oh, no, when creators be do that, they lose out on a lot of high paying brand deals. Uh, and especially for the D'Amelios who have it ruins your entire Hollister, yeah. personal. Brand. Yeah. It's like, so, it's like so cheesy. And yeah. I feel like it's like when you have no, well, I shouldn't say that. Um, it's not cheesy if you like that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so this all kind of transpired to being at Harry's house. Uh, I did bring up the idea. Thanks for letting me have this one. Uh, and no, we really sat there for hours just talking through it, really uh, breaking it down, trying to figure out every aspect of the business, competitors out there. And I think we literally stayed there all night. Uh, and we knew this was the one and um, ended up going into debt, signing on developers that we couldn't afford uh, and just getting started. Yeah, but it really, really, you know, I think I think it was an absolute execution play. And these, you know, there, there were a ton of people who it's always the execution. it's not I mean, it's not like we had, you know, it's not like we had something that was, you know, patented and trademarked and, you know, had a had a massive differentiation. A lot of people have tried to do what we did and you know a lot of people still try um it just was all down to execution and when when you know when we're kind of hearing other founders try and you know pitch us now for investment etc or you know just for advice um i almost kind of don't really care what the idea is it's just you know it's these things are just execution plays yeah yes um I agree. And I think it's a, you bet on the people more than anything. A hundred percent, especially mm -hmm. at early stage. Yeah, I think so. Totally. I mean, I, I think, well, it, it's important that the idea is good, right? Yeah, and there's course. like, but there's a I think it's super important. The idea is good. It can't be some like silly, silly idea, but it's, it comes down to like, who's going to be doing He's had it. his fair share of silly I'm ideas. I'm sure yeah. oh, yeah. the storage unit in the garage. Yeah. No, there, yeah. there's more. We'll, oh, we'll have to talk off camera. Oh my God. I'm sure. <laughs> but listen, that's how things happen. Like you have yeah. to, all you need is one good one, yeah. one good idea. Totally. But so then how much money did you initially raise then? So we, um, we in total raised about 1.3 million, which, you know, really is for, and really is, is not very much, you know, in the space and not very much compared to any of our competitors. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we raised that actually for just for like our college dorm rooms. Um, and really? Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, we couldn't go out there and raise $20 million like no, some no, of no, our but competitors. You raised 1.3 through who? Like who was the people who gave you the money? So angel investors. And then we did have a couple of VCs in there. Um, but the first, the first million? Yeah. yeah. Well, the VCs? first check, the first, the first kind of thing is a funny story because we, so, um, I, you know, as we were saying earlier, like I, I've had 10 businesses, 15 businesses, maybe, even, I don't know, God knows how many. And just stretching um, the numbers. Yeah, know, I was going to say, like, it's like that video on TikTok. <laughs> One billion views. Yeah. You're just ruining yeah. your success yeah. rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but none of them had been successful. I hadn't, you know, yeah. hadn't made a penny out of any of them um, until this one. And, and the, the, the thing that I thought, you know, really was holding it back was, I'd never taken any risk. Um, so for this one, we decided, okay, we're going to go balls to the wall. We're going to take on, so we, you know, uh, managed to find a development shop kind of blags that we had the money when we didn't have the money, um, you know, got them signed like a seven month contract, uh, where we owed them a ton of money that we just didn't have. Um, so <laughs> we knew we could cover the first, the first two payments ourselves. Um, so we knew we were good for two months. And then after two months, we were pretty screwed. Uh, so, uh, you know, month one, uh, I paid month two, Simon paid, and then we were out of money. And then how much was it month one and month? It's like 20,000, 20 grand a month, something like that. Um, by month three, we're like, okay, we, we, you know, we're getting down to the wire here. Um, and then we managed to find two kids at USC that we knew, um, who like, I guess we, we kind of, uh, convinced we were a proper business and they gave us the money they ended up doing extremely well of, of their investments how much did they give you uh they gave us uh it was enough to cover the the, the that that month's payment Twenty thousand. Um, it was like uh it was i think it was 15, yeah 20, something, something like that yeah. enough to enough to where we were fine for that month um and who was the, who are these kids? They're Just really good friends of ours now. Um, I didn't I didn't know them at the time. But Troy um, Bondi and Winston yeah. Alferrari. Yeah, really, really, really smart I know, guys. I know that guy. Who are? How did you, you know you them? Won't know you them. won't know them. How do you know them? Or how do we, you guys know so them? So I was actually interning with Troy at an investment bank the summer before. Really, American Discovery Capital in Westwood. Um, and we had friends who went to college with them. Got to got mm -hmm. to know them over the years. Um, and now we're very close with them. We co-invest alongside them, um, and, you know, a ton of startups and they actually have a cool, uh, post probiotic pasta sauce company called saws that they're launching, uh, in air one, uh, in the next few weeks. Are you going to lend yeah. them 15, 20,000? I think we're going to, we we're going to invest. We yeah. Definitely. We, we definitely back <laughs> those exactly. guys. You got to, owe, you owe those two, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. They did very well in the end, but they, so month three, you know, we got them, we were fine. Um, month, you know, month four, and, but we were late on that payment and the development shop was not happy. Month four, we just didn't have the money. And then I think half, we spoke to all these, you know, VCs, all these investors. No one was backing to no part-time founders yeah. raising out of their dorm rooms. Zero background. Zero. And Did you drop out by this point? No. No, you're not still at this in point, school. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so, and then, you know, we were really, really uh, not, not in a good place. And then we, met um you know but whenever it's a big name vc you know we prepare you know we do a big pitch whatever and then a friend of mine at tulane had said to me he's like oh I, I i was on an email chain with this guy who i think might i think he might be an investor i'm not entirely sure um i haven't actually met him but i'll just i'll just email him and this was i think this was uh like 
6 p.m. on a Thursday night. Um, he emails the guy. The guy responds within a minute. Um, uh, this guy, Glenn Anderson, and didn't know any background on him. Kind of didn't, you know, didn't really take the call very seriously. He responds within a minute. Line one up one, one of our partners was uh, taking the call on, on yeah. the ski slope. So we, well, we had no background. <laughs> no you know, background. We said, I, I don't really know who this guy is. I think it's just like a networking call probably. But, um, you know, we... Uh, we so took the call 9 a.m. Um, my partner's on, on the slopes, camera off, like, you know, occasionally taking his mic off. And, and, uh, and then um, at, at the end, uh, the guy's like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I honestly, I don't fully understand it, but like, I like you guys and, you know, it sounds really cool. So just, just let me know how much you want. And if you let me know by 1 p.m. I'll wire you the money today. And so uh, we, wired, wired him, we let him know and wired us some money within 24 hours. How much uh, did he give you? So um, he wanted to give us um, uh, any, literally any amount. Um, initially, we were thinking like 500,000. I think we were raising, yeah, but we were, we were raising, uh, we needed to raise, we told him we were raising 200K. He told us he'd give us whatever we want. Um, but we thought, well, it looks needy if we tell him 200K, um, but we'd really like 200K. So we just told him 150 and then uh, he gave us 150, which, you know. Um, Wait, and this guy, like, who is this so guy? So this guy is awesome, Glenn Anderson. Amazing guy. He's amazing up in uh, San Francisco, has uh, about 50 active angel investments out currently, has had multiple successful ones. He was one of, uh, he was the head of the Google Brain team at Google. So he led... Uh, a division for about 10 years at Google wow. um, where he was actually training the the future leaders of, of artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. Um, and this was, cool. this was a rant, a person at your school at Tulane. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. He was, yeah. yeah no, no, friend no, no, of no, 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 no. I'm saying the person who's like, oh, I yeah. think I know this one guy who might be interested. Yeah. A friend of mine at Tulane. He, he didn't even know the guy. They'd been on an email chain yeah. together. But then Glenn, I mean. Why did he think he would be a good person? Why was he on an email? He was the only person? angel investor he knew. But also this, <laughs> this, is, this is a time where we were extremely desperate. And when you were an entrepreneur, you have to just hustle. It's a great one. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, 100%. And you had to, you, but you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to just hustle, scratch and claw for anything you can possibly right, get. Right, but you got lucky again. So like, lucky, I feel like yeah. all the stars lined up. Like totally. so, randomly some person, turns out this is a great guy from who like started the Google brain team. And then what yeah, happened? Well, yeah. so so wires you whatever you want. I think yeah, and but I think can, can you give my number? I he, can give him a number. He actually gave uh, yeah, us um, more funding yeah, later on as well. He, he just had amazing. so much conviction in what we were doing. But but the guy, you know, the, and and you it's know, amazing. Fair, really amazing guy, and he did, you know, he's done obviously very well off his fanfix investment and, and other investments as well. But but I think it really shows that you gotta um, you gotta you know things. Things are very, you got to really, it's like pu pushing a boulder up a hill. Yeah. And, you know, once once you get to the top of that hill, the boulder, you know, falls and it looks pretty easy. But, I mean, it was really bloody difficult. Hundreds of kind of no's and that we spoke to 200 investors, something like that, um, to get there. And, um, you know, he was amazing. And then also we, you also, we we were students again as, in our dorm rooms, as we, as we said, and we would trying to do everything we possibly could to pretend we weren't students. And he, comp he completely <laughs> he knew, right knew. Away. He, he didn't knew care. Right He's away. like, he, we sent him an email the following week. He's like, yeah, I know you guys got finals coming up. Um, oh my God, make that's sure, so funny. Make sure you, you know, get your work done. You can uh, send, send, you know, don't worry if you go dark for a couple of weeks, I don't mind. We're like, 
What a what a guy! This guy sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, amazing. He's, he's amazing. He was he was uh, yeah, manna from heaven. That's like, like, totally really, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then what happens? So then um, then we so what that were you was, spending the money on? Just so to get all the yeah, was going in. We, in the we didn't pay ourselves a single dollar until we sold to the exit. Yeah. Oh yeah, well I mean, yeah. so, so you sold. It's been ten months. I mean, it's yeah. like so you sold. It's been you're twenty two <laughs> in ten months. I mean, oh how yeah. terrible for you! So, did you live okay? Did you have like we bread okay. and water yeah. for the last ten our months? Our parents had to provide. Yes, for us. I know it must but, have been so tough. Yeah, so yes. that was I think that was you know kind of. Uh, April, May, April, May of, uh, of 2021. And then we second semester of our junior year of college. And then we launched, we say we launched the platform in August. We actually launched in June, uh, but we were the only customers for two months. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we launched really did, did not, we, we kind of made these, you know, made these projections were thought we were just going to go crazy in our first day. Um, got zero traction for two months and, then I think it was big, big celebration when we got our first customer that wasn't us. Um, How did you get it? Like, what did you do for marketing? How did you get the word out? What so did you we, we, we actually have spent zero dollars on marketing to this day. Zero. Um, so our whole platform is is built on network effects. Right. So, you know, we acquire creators through a variety of different ways. One, just personal relationships, managers, agents, well, creators, referring other creators. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, we just brought on a few creators in like who we were meeting in the creator economy, going to these events while we were building the platform. Right. Um, and we launched with a handful of creators. And as Harry said, no customers coming to the platform. Um, so we relaunched two months later uh, and brought a whole bunch of creators on the platform. And they started converting you know, their followers into paid subscribers. Uh, so that was very exciting. And then from there, uh, we ended up going out and raising again um, because we were out of money. You know, we we spent all of the money we raised to get to launch. Right. And then we had no more to continue. Um, so that's when we went to venture funds uh, okay. and brought on Antler Ventures, who uh, believed in us um, when most VCs wouldn't, you know, to still in college at this time, still taking classes. Right. Um, and yeah, we were able to build a, a really solid team. Um, Harry and I didn't have much experience in the creator economy before. So we brought on uh, Tanner Kessel, who's one of one of our partners uh, who was working in the creator space uh, for years before, prior, and then Cameron Dallas. So Cameron is our co-founder as well. Uh, he is one of the largest creators in the space. Um, and was one of the first creators. So he was a creator 10 years ago when, um, you know, you couldn't monetize as a creator. He was one of the first creators to wow. sign a brand deal. Uh, one of the first creators to really pursue being a content creator as a full-time job. Um, so he has seen the ebbs and flows of the creator economy when creators couldn't make a penny to now where brands are paying um, top dollar for creators and diverting their marketing budget. Um, so he sees... He saw fan fixes as the new way for creators mm -hmm. to monetize and something he wished he had when uh, he was creating content every day. So he's yeah. was he the one who really kind of helped spearhead the get, getting people on on the platform? Yeah, totally. So I mean, the, the approach we took, which was completely different to our competitors, was we thought we thought, okay, right, we're we're gonna build this business around and build the team out around access to creators, getting access to creators. 
And so when all of our competitors were kind of spending their money hiring engineers and CTOs and et cetera, um, we thought we're just going to bring creators onto our team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of had the, the, the ethos creator is God. We're going to put the creators first. And so brought Cameron on and, you know, against all odds. Um, and I think, I think we had like under a hundred customers at that point, um, convinced him to join and he was really he has 70 million followers uh, across platforms and really 70 the, 70 70 um he's got 25 i saw a million on instagram yeah and how many does he have on i think he's got so like he has like 30 15, or 40, 15 million TikTok. on twitter uh like 10 million yeah, on oh, youtube wow. i think 18 like 18 million, million on tiktok what kind um, of content is he uh, so he was huge in, he was at one point the second most followed person on Instagram and started on Instagram and then kind of went to Vine and, uh, you know, was posting jokes, etc. And then he went into, then he, he uh, saw that, you know, he was getting millions of likes and, you know, views on these things on Vine, but no one, there was no such thing as a social media influencer. Mm -hmm. So he, no one was taking it seriously. And one day he posted a picture outside a building and said, I'm going to be here 4 p.m. tomorrow. Come and see me, expecting no one to show up. And like 600 teenage girls showed up to come and see Even him. Even more than that. So, Are you serious? Yeah. How old is the guy, by the way? He's 28, he? just turned 28. So, so he's he, out of Gen Z too. Out of Gen yeah. Z. Um, was, but he was the first social media influencer. You know, he saw, okay, he thought, there's if all these people are coming to see me when I just posted this yesterday, this stuff has power. So he started, he created MagCon, um, which, you know, was kind of a touring company where um, where they do these basically concerts slash meetups um, around the world, which was massively successful. Um, and then he pioneered the first, you know, the first brand deals, was one of the first creators, I think the first digital creator represented by a large agency. And then wow. eventually, you know, he, he when we met him, it was perfect timing because uh, we needed, you know, access to creators and, and some legitimization. It was right. just, you know, two, two schmucks in college um, <laughs> trying to trying to sell the stuff. And and he really provided it. And then at the same time for him, um, he had, you know, he'd, he'd been an influencer for 10 years, was, you know, 20, 26 at the time, I think, 27, 27 at the time. And, you know, really thought I, he doesn't want to be posting on TikTok when right. he's 30. Right, he wants to kind of evolve his career. Yeah, yeah. totally. And so um, so he wanted to get into the business world full time. And uh, so he joined us as a co-founder and really has been amazing. So how did you find it? Like, how did you get connected to him? Yeah, so we, we got connected to him through a mutual friend. So um, when we first started, there are all these content houses in LA. And I'm tons, sure you guys have yeah. heard of the Aloe House or mm -hmm, the tons. Wish House, Hype House, the whatever hype it may house, be. The Wish House. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, so uh, you know, we use that kind of as a go to market. So we would partner with uh, various content houses and host right. content days where, oh. you know, creators could come and create content together, collaborate, yeah. uh, grow each other's following. Um, and one of the content house managers um, connected us to Cameron. Um, oh. because Cameron saw what we were doing mm -hmm. and he realized this is actually something that he could get behind um, because he's approached by brands all the time, by startups right. all the time to join their teams. Um, and really, he can't feel like he could really get behind those projects. Right. But with this, his network of creators allowing them to monetize in new ways um, was something that he, he wanted to get involved with. 
What yeah. was the equity that you had to give him to be involved? Well, we can't can't really say what we gave him. Um, but you know, uh, I think as as like as an entrepreneur, you really have to be able to pull rabbits out of hats. Yeah, and I see how you're smiling. Over pull there, rabbits so. out of hats. Yeah, I just love I like, I like that phrase. <laughs> um, you really have to be able to pull rabbits out of hats, and you know that there's an element of luck. There's an element of you know being in the right place. So right how much time. equity do you have to give him, so, <laughs> Harry? <laughs> I can, I really can't say how much. Harry, how much? Yeah. Uh, how much? Just we, let it split. We took we took you know we we took care of him. Um, and, is it in the it's in double us. digits or is it like? It was, in the nine points below, or is it ten above? Can you do that at least? Can't, can't give, can't give anything. I think that's, um, I think that's fair. Harry, Harry and I are the, uh, you know, the main. No, I know. Main shareholders. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we uh, we own the vast majority of the company, but that's all we can say. But, You're turning red, Harry. <laughs> right, I, no, no, I think that's the light. Uh, is that the light? Yeah, the, oh, okay. the sunlight's really. Yeah, 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 the it? sun just hit. I uh, think that's that what it is. <laughs> Is there like is there like a contract? You're not allowed to talk about these. Yeah, things? yeah, yeah. We we, we, we can't talk about these. Um, but uh, one thing one thing I will say that really I think sets us apart from a lot of the competition out there um, or other platforms is really we are Gen Z. Oh, I know Cam's 28, but I was still, he's still young. Of course, a, a lot of our team is Gen Z. We have multiple creators on our team who are you know going out there and onboarding creators, bringing their friends on. Um, How I many would, people do you have on the on the platform now? Uh, we have eight point two million. Um, eight point two million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that many on we've that had, platform on yeah, Fanfix. Yeah, we've had yeah. eight point two million people on the platform. Um, uh, who are like? How many are like? Monthly, monthly, monthly. Yeah. One point six million last month. Yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Was it? It can't be all cam, right? Like it no, had to be no, like. No, have no, you guys no, done no. a lot of like? Uh, what are some other strategies you use to build out? you know, marketing and to get, I know you said you didn't yeah. spend any money on marketing, but was it much, you said it was much more ref, all referral, like people were bringing yes. their friends, but to get to that level mm -hmm. of people that was just simple, ref, simple referrals, or was there any other tactics that so, you used that were, were basically for free that you couldn't talk yeah, about? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think something that, uh, as I spoke prior and, and mentioned prior, is you know being built on network effects so creators are the ones actually promoting their fanfix profiles across all their social channels mm -hmm. so they are converting their followers into paid subscribers on fanfix right but they're also driving new creator signups right so if you're a creator and you're seeing four or five of your friends posting about their fanfix profiles every week you know you're you're going to sign up or you're going to ask them about it so it really was organic in that Right. Uh, creators are driving other creators to the platform right. and also driving users to the platform. Um, so one thing we like to do is, um, you know, we don't overly promote fanfix and market fanfix the platform because we understand that, uh, you know, users aren't coming to fanfix to find new creators to subscribe to. They're being dragged mm -hmm. here by their favorite creators. By their creators. favorite creators, yeah. Um, so one thing we do is we actually like to uh, promote the creators on our platform and and allow them to grow their followings across all their social channels. So putting marketing spend behind these creators to grow on other channels and align, aligning the creator with the Fanfix brand to build that brand affinity with their following. Um, so we always like to put creators first. We like to highlight the creators on our platform. 
um, and help them in growing their following across all their social channels. I'm just curious mm. because Cameron, is, I know he doesn't want to be yeah. a, an influencer, but yep. does he do fanfics? He's making yeah. six figures a year on fanfics. On, yeah. Yeah. And fanfics alone, yeah. right? Yeah. That's yeah. great. It's I mean, it's amazing. And I think, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really cool, it's really cool when one of the founders of the company is, you know, making considerable amounts on his own platform. Um, it's it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. How, name other people that are on your platform that maybe are, well known to other to mm, us yeah um i don't know if you anna shoemate anna banana on tiktok one of you know the largest tiktokers out there kind of gen z icon uh what matt she, what does she do uh anna treats her fanfics um almost as like a finsta so she'll post um you know q and a's with her fans she'll post uh, unedited content. What's or Finsta? Should I be knowing? I think I know. Finsta is, uh, you know, a lot of creators out there will create Instagram. like will create like a fake Instagram where they only let their fans see the content and it's like, like goofy friends. content. They're like closest friends. Yeah, they're or... closest friends. Yeah. So oh, okay. really, she gives her uh, fanfic subscribers access into her daily lives, mm -hmm. which they can't find on other platforms. So you look at her TikTok or her Instagram; a lot of it will be highly edited content. Um, that isn't very authentic. Mm -hmm. So Fanfix is really the platform for that authentic content, uh, you know, non-edited content, bloopers. So we have uh, podcasters who will put their last 10 minutes of their podcast behind a paywall on Fanfix. Who? What, other, what podcast? Like Jumpers Jump Podcast, one of the uh, largest Gen Z podcasts out there. What's it called? Jumpers, Jumpers Jump. Jump. Um, like yeah. the Jumpers Jump Podcast puts... Uh, exclusive episodes or extended cuts or bloopers or uh, you know special and how much segments. Do they charge for subscription. They charge six dollars, uh, six ninety two uh, for monthly subscription. Mm -hmm. But then we have you know fitness influencers who drop their meal plans or their fitness maybe plans. Maybe a couple of fitness people. I'll know them. Maybe um, a couple. Fit Abby Burner uh, is a new fitness creator who started uh, this week. I don't know anybody. Who else? I don't know. I'm not sure I'm on the spot, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, massive, massive amount. Yeah. Like, uh, Maddie Monroe is another big creator, big Gen Z icon, um, who's on fanfix. Um, but yeah, it's become the, their number one kind of form of monetization. So, uh, our highest earner, I think is earning $6 million a year on fanfix. I think, Ooh. uh, can't, can't say, oh can't, can't disclose names. earnings. So with it's all I can't creators. say, I can't say, I can't I, say. Honestly, honestly. Well, this, this is, this is, um, you know, so, so, it's the, kind the, of like private. It's private, for them. exactly. This, this is yeah. one of those things it's that for changes. them. I, I, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. I get, yeah. that yeah. one I get because yeah, it's not yeah. your, yeah. it's not you. But also this is what happens when, you know, your startup, is acquired by a much larger company that you know is there's a lot of like red t a lot of things you can't talk about which remind which which is a great segue into talk about who bought you because it's yeah. so unique it's not someone that that you would imagine right yeah. it's not a tech company so yeah so beauty brand you said super ordinary super ordinary and you know they've been absolutely amazing it was complete. and i love their brands by the way the brands are, i'm not and i literally yeah. am not saying this because you're sitting here i didn't realize they own like not just ordinary, but Erna Laszlo, uh, Strivectin. I saw in there. They have like Olaplex. They have like huge brands. Yeah. So so we have a, a portfolio of brands that that we own, and then we also have um, you know a ton of brand partners, which we handle all their distribution, all their e-commerce, whether that's on Amazon or uh, through creators or Alibaba or Lazada right. in, in Thailand. 
wherever it is in India and Europe. But why do you think? Why why them? Like, what do they? I mean, what was their reason for for yeah, purchasing so, you? So so right now they really are the global growth partner for high end beauty brands and cosmetics brands worldwide. Uh, so they take a lot of the big U.S. beauty brands and they launch them into new markets into. Uh, you know, China into Southeast Asia into other massive beauty markets. So they really are this growth partner, and they and they use uh, these marketplaces as a distribution channel for mm. um, for their products. So creators really are the new distribution channels for uh, you know beauty products, especially. Um, so really allowing creators to be able to sell their products. Um, being able to create brands with creators, as we've seen with, you know, Chamberlain Coffee and Emma Chamberlain or um, Prime Beverage with, you know, KSI and Logan Paul. So being able to create uh, custom lines for creators, being able to white label their portfolio of products with creators, really opening up new distribution outlets for uh, for their products and, and trying to create uh, a seamless experience between Creators, brands, and marketplaces worldwide. So it's not like Olaplex. Just giving that using that as an example. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to. They're not allowed, I guess, to use one of your creators and just do a free collaboration. Oh, they totally. Yeah, they, they, they totally could. Okay. And also another, you know, another big aspect on is, the actual person. Like, let's say I was on there. Yeah. And because Olaplex is owned by Super Ordinary, who owns you, does that mean I'm? Does that mean I have to do a? A collaboration oh, with Olaplex no. and, and no, no, free. No. So, no, so, no, no, so, a lot no, of our absolutely. brands are arm length away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some brands that we, uh, you know, fully operate, and those mm -hmm. are uh, like Joanna Vargas is one of our brands that um, you know is 100% acquired by Super Ordinary, and uh, you know that's an in-house brand. Um, okay, so say whatever. So, yeah. would I have to do a collab as a if I no. was a creator? So, where does the can they can they just like pepper in an, uh, an inner, like a, an ad on the site somewhere else? No, what no. Would so, they, what so would be we, the benefit? We haven't done any of that yet. Um, we are going to be doing social commerce. Currently, the, the way we're doing it is kind of helping creators white label products um, and co-create brands with creators. Um, so, you know, we get hit up the whole time with creators saying, oh, I want to, you know, I want to create a, 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 a tanning oil. Um, okay, so, you know, we can now help them do that, you know. Um, I want to, I want to create a merch brand so we could help them do that. So that's the main way right now. And then the other big aspect of why, you know, why they bought us is there's massive, massive opportunity for the platform in Asia. And a lot of the, you know, us creative economy companies and platforms neglect the international reach. Um, and you know, the super ordinary's bread and butter is, is Asia. They have mm. a massive base there. So they're going to take us there and, and, you know, we'll dominate, uh, creative economy in Asia as well. Yeah. As, as well as being able to facilitate brand deals between, um, you know, our portfolio of brands with our creator network. Um, so right now there are a lot of middlemen between a brand and a creator, uh, at super ordinary, we can remove the whole middleman completely. So, but when they, when they bought you ten, yeah. at the 10 month mark, right. Um, and how many users did you have already mm -hmm. and were you making money? Like what were you making? At yeah, that we point? were, we were, we had millions of users at that point and, you know, we're making kind of seven figures in, um, in, you know, annualized revenue. So, um, it was, there was a ton of traction with the, um, with the platform, which is, I mean, probably the main reason they bought us. Right. And also it's like a place, it's a great space for them to be, 
developing because yeah. Yeah. they have like an audience of what mm -hmm. that what that is. It makes yeah. sense to me. And if you were totally. tracking mm -hmm. and you're just doing that now, what are you going to do in two years or three years? They bought you early, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. you know. And what's your deal now? You have to still work with them, right? Like you're still involved in the company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're we're still, um, you know. CEOs of Fanfix, and then um, oh, so you're so you're still operating. Yeah, yeah we're still we're still usual. CEO of Fanfix. We're also uh, SVPs at Superordinary. Uh, so we are <laughs> so we are launching. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so so we are launching a, a suite of new tools for creators in the coming months um, that will help them with uh, monetizing off of brand deals I as well it. as launching new products uh, and highlighting brands that they want to work with. So stay tuned. We'll have a I bunch want of new some products Olaplex, launching. Please for my we'll hair. Get you some, yeah. And some Ernal Laszlo. I have a whole laundry list of stuff <laughs> that I'm going to be giving you. Totally awesome. I love those brands. Like I'm yeah, no, serious. Awesome. Mm -hmm. There's some. By the way, the ordinary brand. Uh, I'm not just like I said. I'm not saying that. I heard that like their products are so cost um, effect. Like they're like very very high margin. Or, no, they're very like they're they're. Not cheap. I don't hate the word cheap, but yeah. like very value, value, great value, great value, yes. and very good quality. Yeah, that's very what good I, quality. Like, that's why yeah. why I thought that they they have a huge name. People love them. So I mean, this is amazing. Did I did I forget anything uh, in this uh, in this interview with you, Harry? I don't I don't think so. Not that not that I can. Uh, you definitely didn't didn't forget anything that I can remember. How about you, Simon? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Thank you. Uh, I think you covered it all. I think Harry had a few questions for you. Actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Go I ahead. I think the final thing, uh, Simon. You know, prepared a dance for the podcast. He loved <laughs> a TikTok dance. He loved to show. <laughs> Harry. Harry. I. You know, we always have. Um, We've about we, three jokes that we recite. Yeah, we we, we, we have the same jokes that we tell all the <laughs> time now. Right. That's what happens. He always he always brings up some TikTok dance I created. Uh, in the middle of meetings, and everyone's always very confused. <laughs> and did you ever? Did you ever? No, do that? Nev oh, never, never, never okay. created the TikTok dance. But when I say I didn't create it, they usually don't believe me. Until uh, now, they think that you did. And they go searching yeah, wildly they, for yeah, it. Yeah, they think I'm like embarrassed to show it. But oh really, my gosh, that's very funny. You know, really, actually. Harry's the one who created the dances. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so you guys are very young. Now you guys are very rich. Um, do you guys have girlfriends? Not at the moment. Hit, not, hit us up. Yeah. Not, not at the moment. Um, yeah. Do you guys have, like, I heard that you're the Gen Z crew, but like your age, people don't even have boyfriends and girlfriends anymore. It's much more just like dating and like hooking up it's and like, casual. it's much more casual. Is that true? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, Harry has spent a lot of time on the dating apps, whether that's, you know, Hinge, Bumble, um, even Facebook, he, he uses. Um, <laughs> he uses Facebook for the old ladies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. that, that, okay. that's his style. That's his style. Um, <laughs> that, I think, I think you are right. That you know, long-term relationships, especially amongst like high school students, is very different than it was ten years ago. Very 20 years different. Ago. Yeah. But I'm saying college. I mean, college students. It's like yeah. I feel like it's yeah. like there's Maybe. very few more. Like it, not, it's not, mm. it's not that. It's not an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. Actually, maybe it is an anomaly. I just find it's not very common. Is it just no, in not. LA or everywhere? Most of my friends, I mean, most of my friends don't have girlfriends. That's just what we like to tell ourselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, it's so true. I, it, I think it all comes back to TikTok, honestly. Like, TikTok ruined everyone's <laughs> social media ruined it attention span, uh, as well as 100%. What you, how, how some of these creators portray themselves on 
Instagram, totally. Snapchat, TikTok that, um, you know, I think it has really impacted the, the dating world. Yeah. 100. I mean, also because uh, nothing is real anymore. Right. Yeah, and so when you is. see people in real life versus mm -hmm. like online, yep. it's very jarring sometimes. Yeah. Right. Because yep. of all the different app filters yep. and stuff yeah. like that. But also the it's like the uh, volume of people. Yeah. So like why like people have told me many times that they've gone on a date with somebody with whoever mm. they actually have like a nice time but they look nothing like but, what they looked like or nothing that or yeah or <laughs> that like but their brains now the neuroplasticity has changed yeah. so much yeah. that like their brains now are just going to like okay now I got to go back on my like it's not there's yeah. no like yeah. you there's there's no like you said there's no attention span mm -hmm. to even like take that longer than like an hour it's awful. yeah it's what, awful. What, what, what I think we are seeing is. Yeah. We are seeing, you know, movement back to authenticity, especially amongst Gen Z. And I think, um, you know, Be Real, if you've heard of Be Real or um, seen that app blowing up, really well, all Which it, one is that app? What's that Be app? Be Real is an app uh, right now kind of taking the world by storm. Um, what is it? It essentially is, imagine Facebook, I mean, imagine Instagram, mm -hmm. but back to its basics, no filters whatsoever. Um, and you really only follow your close friends and family on Be Real. And the thing about Be Real is- and this is an app? Yeah, it's, it's an, an app. app. Okay. Um, every day at the same time, a it shoots at, at- Random time. At, at random times, but with all of its users, it shoots, out, um, it shoots out an alert for you to post on Be Real. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take your phone out and take a photo and the difference between Be Real and Snapchat or Instagram is Be Real is a dual facing camera. So when you take a photo, if I were to take a Be Real right now, you would see my face and you at the same time. So wow. you can't see your friends Be Reals until you post your own Be Real. Uh, so it's kind of a gamified, authentic uh, platform. That's a great idea. Um, that's, that's been awesome. blowing up recently. Um, and Instagram and Snapchat copied that feature. So now on Instagram or on Snapchat, uh, you could take a dual photo where you could see yourself How? and who you're taking a photo of. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a new feature. That's, that. that's a badge. It's a badge of honor in the social media space. Once Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok try and copy what you're doing. They've, they've done that already with us with subscription. Um, and now be real, you know, they're That's trying to the same thing. So where would it be on, on the app? Like, really? Yeah, it's yeah. launched like the um, last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Are people yeah. using it? Yeah. Oh, they're crushing they're it. They're crushing, crushing it. it. I think people, you know, people, it's like what we were saying with, you know, with, with content being oh, endless, that. it, you know, makes kind of exclusive paywall content all the more valuable. I think it's the same thing with authenticity with, everything wow. so filtered and edited and inorganic, it makes authenticity, people really just crave authenticity. Uh, listen, you're preaching to the converted. I agree with you, yeah. but I do think that like people are now just like, even like everyone just automatically goes to a filter because it's like what to do. Yeah. But it like, it just completely alters everything. And that's why plastic surgery is up and all these problems, people are like yeah. so insecure mm. with themselves and they think that they're so like, that all their imperfections are so yeah. highlighted in real life because yep. you see this like artificial yeah. view of you. 100%. Mm -hmm. And there are all those apps out there like uh, Facetune being mm -hmm. a, a big 
popular one amongst Gen yeah, Z Tom, creators. Yeah, they're so popular. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, you know, pretty crazy what it you can is. do with these filters nowadays. So then what, what's your reason? What's your excuses for not having, you know, girlfriends? Or <laughs> the filters aren't good enough. Yet. The filters aren't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. like 10 years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, ten, I, 10 years will, will but be But you just going to say you don't want the filters. You want these be real authenticity, authenticity. Yeah. So be so, real. You just said it. Yeah. No, I'm saying mm -hmm. no, that. So now uh, why don't you find the real girls that are, have no, <laughs> no filters and doing all this like girls with no filters yeah that's what we're looking for yeah you guys yeah. You, can, you guys can you can spot who's using a filter can't yeah you? yeah you can definitely tell you can definitely I mean, tell more or less yeah yeah, yeah. 100 percent. but you're still not going to go and date and have a relationship are you boys but either one of you uh, no keep, we will keep it casual <laughs> for the future but no. at some point <laughs> Harry's just struggling. If there's anyone out there who, um, you know, wants it's to take this guy accent, out. It's the English accent, you know, Simon. That English accent, I'm sure, yeah. just is a deterrent for most girls. Oh, yeah. yeah no, they it's, hate it. It's, 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 it's like eating like bear spray. It. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. eating beans on toast for every meal. Exactly. Yeah. Like, who, who wants, wants to do that? No, Tremendous. exactly. Mm. Gosh. Well, okay, so... For the, okay, how do people find you guys? Go on FanFix. Like, give us some details for people who want to be a creator on FanFix or... We yes. just are curious. If you are an aspiring creator, go to fanfix.io and apply to be a creator. So you that's apply. Yeah, so that's actually one thing we didn't touch. But on fanfix, we are exclusive with who we allow to be a content creator. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to apply to be a creator on our platform. Okay. You have to go through uh, our approval process. We verify your identity. We check that you actually have built a community and engaged community. Um, and then once you are accepted, we handhold you through the process of launching your page, creating uh, content to begin with, and, and really be able to build your community. So uh, that's something that no other platform does. I you like know? that. On Patreon, on OnlyFans, whatever it may be, um, you can become a creator today and start creating content. Uh, and there's no control over uh, you know, that, that content being posted. Um, so on Fanfix, coming back to it, uh, fanfix.io, apply to be a creator. Harry will personally review your application. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and then once you're accepted, you essentially connect your bank account, you set your subscription price, your message price, and you start making money. Love that it. simple. I love it. Thank you. Okay, so this has been, I don't know how long it's been. Harry, how long has it been? Like an hour and a half? Uh, I feel like, yeah, hour, hour, 45, hour and a half. Oh God, uh, I was worried I had nothing to say to you. I guess I was wrong. I thought it was going to be four minutes. I know, right? Four and yeah. a half minutes. Harry, do you want to share your Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, you I don't have a Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. Uh, well, thank you, boys. And thank you. I'm very proud of you. And thank now, very you. proud of you, too. Of course. Thank you, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having me. Thank Appreciate you for being it. here. This was excellent. Of course. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. 
On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.